Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Writers on Film, the only podcast dedicated to books on cinema. Hello everyone and welcome to the Writers on Film podcast. Today is a very special episode because I will be reporting live from the Sarajevo Film Festival, the 25th edition, which took place earlier uh, in August. Uh, from the 12th to the 19th of August, to be exact. Um, it's uh, uh, my first time in Sarajevo as a city and my first time at the festival as well, obviously. Um, uh, it's uh, an exciting place. Uh, obviously, it's got a lot of historical significance, and I was excited to go and find out and have a look at where the bridge where um, Franz Ferdinand was assassinated with his wife, has to be said because she never gets mentioned although she lost her life as well um the uh, and and you know ha- have a look at the places such as the tunnel under the airstrip where during the siege of Sarajevo um uh people were smuggled in and out of the city as well as supplies of food and water and uh, lots of things which were desperately needed medical supplies etc in some of those uh, missions where material was being smuggled in and out, there were also films because during the siege of Sarajevo, during the, the Balkan War, the war with Bosnia uh, and Serbia, um, then uh, 
the film festival actually began, had its roots, had its seeds, were planted during a time of strife, during a time in which 300 shells were being uh, launched at the city uh, every day. And um, it, this is what really makes up my conversations at the festival. I, I, this time is, this is why this is going to be a little bit different. It's not really talking about the films so much. It's not even talking about specific films. It's more about how you run a festival, how important culture is in a time of uh, suffering and strife, of p political unrest, upheaval, and of course war. Uh, for this reason, I spoke instead of to fellow critics and writers. So, you know, the writers on film format is being stretched to breaking point at this at this stage. But I think you'll agree it's, it's a worthwhile conversation to have had. Uh, I excuse me. I first spoke to Jovan uh, Marianovic, who is the festival director, the new festival director. He's just uh, stepping in. Uh, to his role. Uh, he's been um, uh, working for the festival for many years, but this is, um, uh, I think this is the first edition that he's actually a director of, but I might be mistaken about that, so don't quote me. Certainly don't tell Jovan if I've got that wrong. So first of all, you'll hear me talking to him about the festival and about how also the festival is helping to reach out to Ukrainian filmmakers and festival organizers in their own period of um of, of strife and war uh I, I, if any place can feel solidarity with ukraine at the moment i believe sarajevo is probably that place um after i've spoken with him i will also be speaking to eden forto the prime minister of the canton of sarajevo and uh so that's um that is a, a fascinating um, conversation. He has a unique position in that he was during the war a, a student and then a journalist. Or a, he worked for the radio and he lived under the siege um, again as the film festival was just about starting and so he has fascinating insight into that and he's done um, a great deal as a politician to promote culture in the city. So uh, that's um, uh, that that is also uh, probably uh, one of one of the more most interesting conversations I've had in a film festival. So uh, I really wanted to share this with you. If you enjoyed the episode, please remember to like uh, and share as far as you can. Um, you could follow me on Twitter if you wish, Doctor John T at Doctor John T D R J O N T Y. But before you do any of that, let's just enjoy the conversation. Okay, great. Uh, so, how's the festival going? Very so well. Far? It's been, uh, seems like a vintage edition already. Right. Great guests, uh, a lot of interest. Uh, it's probably the biggest Sarajevo Film Festival in terms of uh, audience numbers. Right. So, um, good films, obviously, and, uh, you know, some good reviews so far for yep. the premiere films. Um, overall, I think very good. Is it difficult as a balancing act to go for, you know, you want to have your, your premieres, but you also want to have a mix and you also want to have the public and the critics? Sorry, so the question was um, the balancing act between public and critics, 
premieres and and movies from elsewhere. Yeah, I think I think we have um, the Serial Film Festival has uh, always done this balancing act. Uh, our different programming sections uh, reflect this, um, and really the heart of the festival are our competition sections, focusing on feature films, documentary films, short films, student films from the region of Southeast Europe. Mm -hmm. And this is where most of our world premieres come from. And um, we have 51 films from this part of the world in these competitions, making Sarajevo Film Festival the, probably the biggest programming of films from this part of the world yeah. anywhere. Um, however, our more popular sections are obviously the open-air section in one of our flagship venues, the open-air cinema, uh, that fits about 3,000 people every night. And obviously these films are more audience-driven and um, are, is kind of what's the best from the festivals uh, in the year, in this year, etc. So, or the summer screen section showcases the best of uh, films that deal with popular culture, with music, with um, teen and children's sections mm. do exactly what it says on the can. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so I think the programming actually has to be a mix of uh, all these because Sarajevo is both the festival for the city, for the audience in the city and for the industry. Right. So um, this is the balancing act and I think our focus on the region helps us, um, helps us do this in a good way because um, uh, um, we are focused on, we're not only focused on world premieres, mm -hmm. so we're not thinking of ourselves as an, uh, let's say, traditionally defined A festival. Yeah. All right? Yeah. Uh, so we think of ourselves as a festival which will showcase the best of Southeast European cinema. Right. So you will find films in our competition program which are not world premieres. Um, which have, you know, maybe they're a regional premiere, obviously. The films should not be shown in uh, other festivals in the region. Uh, some, many are more than fifty percent are world premieres. But I'm saying we are not slaves to this concept. Sure. So we are sort of uh, the idea is to have uh, the best of, uh, of regional cinema, and without any any prejudice, because we are still early on in the festival in that sense. A good example is that there is a Croatian film, Safe Place, in uh, mm -hmm. the competition section. The film has uh, just uh, been to Locarno a week ago, mm -hmm. uh, where it won three awards. Let's see what happens here, mm -hmm. obviously, but it's, a, it's, it's fantastic to have film uh, being visible in two big film events, just one after another. Yeah. It's, creates a good synergy for, uh, for for this film and obviously it doubles or triples um, the visibility for it, which is ultimately what we want in, 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 in these competition sections. We want these films to go on from here, we want to discover, we want to, to, to send them you know, outside to the audiences and festivals internationally. Right. You know, so um, it is... Um, you know, it, it is about putting it all together and trying to trying to, 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 to make it work for the benefit of the films and the filmmakers.
Sure. And what about the, the culture of film in Sarajevo? Because, I mean, I was talking, I, you know, my first time in the city, I was talking to people, and there's a real sense of, oh, this is the best time of the year for Sarajevo. This is a big event for Sarajevo. So it, it, that, it, that's a, a real, there's a real lively cinema culture, right? Is that how you would define it? Or how, how do you feel about that? I think there's a lively festival culture. Sure. Um, as well as cinema, but I think the, the festival is the driver. The fact that it happens annually and that it has been consistently developing over the past 20, 28 years. So it has been interesting from the get-go. You know, you had this yeah. story of a festival, you know, starting during the during the war in a besieged city without electricity, without water. All, all of a sudden, somebody's making a festival. It's a crazy story it seemed to, to people outside so there was a lot of support mm. for the festival so from the first edition of the festival the festival was supported by some of the biggest names of uh, European and, and global uh, filmmakers Intelligencia you know there, there was a lot of love and support for the festival sure. uh, from, the, from the very beginning and that this obviously with, with dedicated team of people who was working on the festival these two things combined and a clear concept of where it can go the festival was consistently growing over the years mm. so people in the city embraced it as something that's successful and theirs right, right. And, and they loved it for it uh, they felt that this is a time of the year where they're closer to you know to the cosmopolitan um, uh, uh, view of the city that they had and that was right. you know in a way lost in the in the war and then in the, in the transition from you know one system to another and mm. all of this so uh, yeah there's a lot of love for the festival in the city it is it is a time of the year where everyone wants to be in the city or they want to invite their, their friends and family over to visit because they feel they can, you know, show them around and, and have them, Such and have, them have good time. And then, you know, you have also many people who come here for uh, for films right. only. You know, so it's a mix of cinephiles. It's a mix of people who want to have, uh, you know, good time. They want to see other people that they haven't seen in a while, etc. Mm. Um, just tourists, which is more and more. So it's becoming a touristic uh, destination for. Uh, in summer. Also, I think thanks to a lively uh, sort of uh, cultural scene, including the festival, as sort of highlights of sure. maybe sort of the peak of the summer season. Mm -hmm. So it's it, it all came together somehow. It all molded together in a in an interesting way. And I, I don't think anyone is is, is uh, losing there. You know, if you want to go for your avant-garde cinema, it's there. Yeah. If you want to go for your crowd pleaser, it's thousands of other people it's there if you want to go party we can party yeah yeah the whole <laughs> the whole spectrum yeah. of whole human spectrum life is there. <laughs> so you're talking about the beginning of the festival and how uh, it started in the besieged city i mean of course nowadays we're looking at ukraine and russia and what's going on there is there um do you guys have a sort of particular point of view in looking at that and seeing a sort of similar situation of war and strife, um, 
I mean, in, in Ukraine. Yeah, exactly. And did, you know, does that sort of like uh, your own experiences of coming out of that? Do you sort of look at that and think, okay, I, let's hope something something else can. No, that was that. It's so close to home. What's happening in, mm. in Ukraine? It's so so similar. It triggered a lot of people's. Uh, memories of, of, of everything that's happening here and overall I mean these are same mechanisms that that, that were enforced during the war here you know one yeah. one, one, one country thinks that the other country should not exist and okay or regime in one country thinks that sure. the other country would not I'm not a politician, so let's not go into uh, the, the sort of. But yeah, you know what I mean. It's, it's similar in that sense, and uh, of course, it was very. Uh, we understood straight away what's got what's going on, and as a festival, we try to do what we can. Right. So we were, you know, there's only as much as you can do at being a film festival. Right. And we were focusing on, okay, so what can we do for um, Ukrainian filmmakers? What can we do for people who work at Ukrainian film festivals? So um, we did a few very specific things that we thought could be helpful and that we would like that someone could have done for us back in the 90s. And one was, first of all, embrace Ukraine straight away as a, as a, you know, as a cinema, as a country, into our focus into our regional focus right because this means that everything that we do for the advancement of cinema in this part of the world now yeah. will include ukraine so right. all the all the you know all the well the competition programs the talents uh, program the signaling yeah. industry days programming all of our regionally based selections will Ukra will include ukraine not just for this year from from now, on. from now on, yeah. So making this center also for their cinema, so we're, right. it's another window to the rest of the world, and that's a very specific, concrete thing. You can now, as a Ukrainian filmmaker, count on, you know, another call for projects, another possible funding uh, opportunity, just more possibilities, sure. and possibly something that's more tailor-made for them, right? So that's concrete and specific. And um, another thing is that we said, okay, so, you know, when you need to leave your country as a refugee, which we all know very sadly, very well here, being able to do what you've been doing back home is probably the, the biggest help that, that you can get. Right. Because we've seen, you know, people who were doctors of medicine, you know, going to whatever, we, cleaners in, in hospitals, sure. right? right? It's a common story. Um, when they go somewhere as refugees. So the idea was, okay, so what are our colleagues in, 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 in Ukrainian uh, film festivals doing and can, can they come and help us yeah. make the festival? So we, we created uh, two job opportunities for them to come and work for a couple of months, four months be here in, uh, in Sarajevo and mm. work and together with us they're part of our team for this year uh, we opened up two residency programs for uh, Ukrainian filmmakers with projects mm. who also came to Sarajevo and spent some three four months here working on their projects with consultants with one project is in uh, development it's a feature-length uh, fiction film 
the other one is a documentary in post-production, so it's about sitting here and editing. And, uh, yeah. So, again, a very concrete thing. And, um, and we're doing a panel on filmmaking during the, during the war, which is something that, sadly, we have a lot of experience with here. So yeah, it's 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 very similar, and I hope that a bit of our a bit of the understanding that we have can uh, can be helpful in these little things that mean a lot. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah. Okay, and finally, um, how do you envision like the future of the festival? You say it's been consistently growing over the 28 yeah. years it's existed. Yeah. Um, do you do you sort of have have ambitions? Uh, of it, of it going further and further and further, or, or is there a sort of point that you? I don't know this. You don't want to lose sight of some, yeah. of some core identity. No, de definitely the core identity has to be preserved. Um, I don't, I don't see. You know, I think this is pretty much the size of the festival. It's going to be another venue, another. You know. Things change all the time. Sure, so there, right. will be, there will be things that you will, you know, stop doing, and we'll be doing something else. Yeah. Uh, we try to adapt to the, to the needs of the industry, and yeah. to the needs of the of the audience, and we also try to dictate or anticipate some trends. Yeah. So, you know, these two forces, they kind of, um, you know, they they affect each other. This is what we do. We, are, you know, we, we, we really research what are the needs of the industry uh, through meticulous data collection, through mm. talking to people, through you know, being parts of the industry. Uh, most of us are producers or directors who are you know, running the festival. So we kind of um, you know, are, are, are inside and um, but we also collect a lot of data and, mm. and, and, and analyze it. So um, we like to say that we are data-driven with a curatorial touch in that, in that sense. So, um, you know, this tells you a lot about where the festival is, what's needed, what's not needed, and we change all the time. Right. You know, so we're not stuck in terms of the formats. We're not stuck in this format saying, you know, this is the only format that we can do yeah because otherwise we couldn't have survived the COVID years and right, you know course. doing these two editions where we quickly adapted and, and um, you know changed uh, our ways completely in the you know both editions of the festival 2020 and 2021 were successful editions in their own ways mm. uh, they were different from what we have today because we didn't have the guests people could not travel they, sure. you know 2020 we couldn't even have screenings because everything was locked there, you know, there was a lockdown mm. so but then we moved online but last year we you know connected with the guests in a different way and uh, organized things in a different way uh, but still you know films were shown meetings were held uh, things happened that today are you know turning into films or turning into you know, successful stories some didn't but you know it's 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 I think this is the way forward. We have to adapt and anticipate. Adapt, anticipate, adapt, anticipate. And, uh, yeah, and then something like COVID comes along and it's like, well, who, who anticipated that? <laughs> yes, this, no one anticipated.
Okay. What, what's your history? Because Miriam was telling me that you were a journalist originally, right? Uh, during the war, I, I ended up at a radio station, then uh, published a couple of articles for the local magazine. Then worked uh, uh, with uh, Miro Purivatra, who, who later formed the film festival, worked with him. And I ended up knowing a little bunch of these people. And uh, then after the war, I was, uh, I was in the U.S. studying. But I would come back during uh, the summer and worked two years for uh, for film festival, 99 and 2000. And uh, it's like, I, I consider Miro Purivatra, I consider him like a big figure in my life. He, mm. You know, he's a... Uh, and, and I love film. So. Right, right. And you've, you've always had this love for film since yeah, you were... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Somehow. From that period, I was... Uh, I was about. I went to school to become a mechanical engineer, and uh, that was. And uh, it was my first year, and I was 19. And then uh, the war started, and I end up with uh, Miro and these other guys in the radio, and I end up in the create among creative people, you know. Mm. Uh, Susan Sontan comes in for uh, with uh, Annie Leibovitz. Uh, they come during the war. They have an exhibition, right? Like. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. So right here. Right. And then I end up interviewing her, you know, and, I end up, and then I started, you know, really digging into it. I, it's like I found another self, myself in another completely world. And it stick, stuck with me. How, how was that? I mean, how did that feel? Like, you know, bombs are falling, you know, grenades are going off. And, and it was crazy. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing was crazy. People were in shock when both bombs started falling. Then after a while, people start getting used to it. Then they get out of basements. I'm saying uh, civilians, uh, you know, fighters were already there in the front lines. Right. But civilians, they come out and they look for life. They look to shop. They look to get something to survive because this... You know, it lasted three and a half years, mm. and I was here for the first three years. And then uh, it was funny, and a lot has been said about this: that this uh, uh, hunger for creativity and for culture boomed. But like uh, they, you could see, like there were every basement that could get any access to electricity, which was not easy. It would have a bend, right? And then. Uh, theater plays, movie theater the, that Miro started, Mr. Mm. Purvatra, and I was with him there. And uh, then everything packed. People wanted to come and participate. And uh, so when the first film festival happened in 93, this is not affiliated with this one. This one started in 95, but this was like a war film festival. 
uh, organized by uh, MESS, you know MESS, the, uh, the theater festival. Right, it's, right, yes. It's the, it's an institution that uh, has decades and decades uh, of, of history. It's one of the best uh, theater play uh, festival in the region. But during the war, they said, "Why don't we make a movie festival?" And then, at one of the venues, it, now it's a supermarket or something. It used to be a movie theater. Uh, it's on an intersection like this one. Right. And imagine people here trying to get into the movies, and here there's an anti-aircraft from the hill hitting the intersection, and nobody wants to move. They want mm. to go in and see uh, Kishlovsky's Blue. That's in French right. without subtitles. Wow. And, uh, and you know, people just wanted to come in. It was really, really amazing. And I actually reported from this festival, you know, took uh, statements from uh, people, from uh, local filmmakers and things. I like, we had a, like a little show on the radio about the festival, but everything was crazy. You know, someone dies, you move on. Mm. Things have, you know, you go to, like, it's, it's completely insane. And, yeah. and how are you getting films for, to, to show? Uh, usually the international community, you know, right. UN. Right. Uh, some people had access to travel, uh, not many. Right. But uh, so when you have connections, for example, person who owned my radio station where I worked for Radio Z, it's uh, Zdravko Grebo, he was a professor with uh, international connections. And then when uh, he would go out and come in, we would, I remember we would make a list of CDs we wanted him to bring, you know, <laughs> you know. And I'm like, put Sisters of Mercy. They're like, no, they're not cool. You know, we stick with grunge and everything else, you know. Like, come on, give me, you know, the, give I, us I something. I love Sisters of Mercy. <laughs> I, you know, it was my favorite back then. They mocked me. It's not, yeah, Sisters of Mercy. I'm like, fuck you, you know. Uh, so, and this is how films would come in. Then yeah. we had the tunnel later when it was opened under the, under the airport. And I recommend that you go and see. Uh, oh, we went yesterday okay. and had a look at it. Uh, that's how I got out of the city in '95, right. Right. and uh, a lot of stuff started coming in through that. But mostly UN and internationals, you know, they right. would help. Yeah. Right. So they would bring bring in films. Yeah, and... people who could travel. You know, yeah. the first it wasn't a festival. It was like uh, almost like a commercial showing of movies. Mm. It was at uh, Ratnokino War, War Cinema, uh, run by Mr. Purivatra. Uh, it was VHS, you know, someone right, brings VHS right. and then we see, you know, it was, uh, I don't know, some blockbusters like uh, Indecent Proposal. I remember, I remember uh, creating an ad for the film or radio jingle ad, you know, hmm. to come and see, you know, and we were making ads like everything's normal, come to the movies, see the movie, you know, it's yeah. like, it was crazy. So like no reference to the war or anything? It's no, it's just, like, yeah. come and see the movie. Yeah. And uh, Ratno Kino Obala, it's like war cinema Obala. And then I remember that was what then uh, Face Off. John Woo. Woo, oh, another Woo movie. Uh, Broken with, Arrow? With uh, Broken Arrow, with yeah. Jean-Claude. And then, uh, you know, like uh, commercial stuff that you can, you know, show. It's cool. Sometimes it's really poor quality. But who cares? You yeah. Know? And, uh, How many people would be in the? Well, this theater would bring in about 100, 150 people. It's, right. It was a small, small. It was actually a scene for the Academy of Acting, right. where they would have their own, you know, stage yeah. for for classes. Right. And they turned it into, you know, the small projector. There were concerts there sometimes, exhibits. 
but at one point it was that the main purpose was you know the movie theater. Wow, wow, that's amazing. And so nowadays, um, having the festival, and again we've got war on the edges of Europe in Europe mm -hmm. in terms of Ukraine. Um, how, how's that feel for you guys? Because that must be kind of quite triggering to see those images again on the news. Well, like everything with the war, first days are the hardest. When bombing and when the troops, when the aggression started in Ukraine, when Russians went in with tanks and started bombing civilian buildings, and we saw this on television, there was, I felt, a massive PTSD trigger. Right, here. Right. Yeah. People I know, people in my government, you see that they're really disturbed. Yeah, yeah. They, they go out of character, you know. A person who, you know, likes to make everything light and likes to tell a joke, uh, they suddenly start saying, you know, we need to get ready, you know. Like people, yeah, going, yeah. people like, uh, people were crying. I start, you know, I, I, I went out of a one meeting, it was related to Ukraine. Mm. You know, I went to my office and, you know, I, you know, on my own, I started crying uncontrollably. And uh, I noticed everyone who's been through through the war when the when the Ukraine the aggression started, it was uh, it was really massive reaction yeah. and uh, fear and you know just emotions. And uh, but today it's already a little different, you know. Right, right. Like it used to be when we were at the center of this attention. In the beginning you have the attention, later you have to create attention, you know. It's yeah. hard, it's harder and harder to tell people, hey, we're still dying over here. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so we try to make as many connections as possible. I know that the film festival has incorporated uh, Ukrainian uh, professionals and filmmakers and they they added films from Ukraine as if they were our region, which yeah, is Southeast yeah. Europe, which they're not, which they're not. But it's a, it's a symbolic way of supporting. Them. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean that, that that's uh, that that's amazing that 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 can also provide sort of an inspiration for the Ukrainians, you know, in this period. And there is that contradiction between you want to show life is not there's normal there you can get some sort of normality. Life goes on. Life goes on, but at the same time. This is not normal. We're not, you know, we don't want you to forget that this is actually yeah. a war. It's, uh, well, culture, at least during the war in Sarajevo, it was really, the, we, we rec I recognized it later when I got smarter. I was very young there. It was a, like a basic human need. And this is the extreme situation where you can actually see it. Right. It was a basic human need. People who would be in, in combat, they come back home for you know they want that yeah. they want culture they want create they want something to hold on to it's uh, it was it was uh, it, it becomes you know way of way of struggle of resistance yeah and I think uh, I'm sure that uh, in Ukraine right now this is what's happening especially in the hardest hit re uh, regions and yeah. cities yeah yeah absolutely absolutely let's hope something. You know, let's hope it doesn't last too long and something can come, good can come of it. You know? Let's hope so. Yeah, yeah. And looking at the festival now, you, you've been instrumental in, in sort of helping grow the festival and also um, uh, making Sarajevo into a sort of kind of a cultural center. Uh, do you want to just tell me a little bit about your actions and activity? In terms okay, of well, management of the festival is 
really smart. There, it's not an accident that the film festival is so successful for so long. Right. And it keeps growing and it keeps surprising us in good ways. And even during the pandemics, they pulled it off. Yeah. Uh, so there's a con there's a continuity of various levels of government supporting. So I don't want to say that we revolutionized government support, and we supported maybe more than before, but support is there. But what we've done that no one else has done, and I'm talking now about the cantonal government that right. I'm in. Uh, we we really upped the uh, amounts on grants for films. Yeah, a record amount of million km uh, from our budget. This is grants for you know films as art projects, right. cultural projects. But then we started the uh, incentives for industry industry incentives for filming anything yeah and Commercial this is yeah, yeah and this is uh, like subsidies uh, we're the first ones doing this and uh, we started this program after discussing with the management of the film festival mm. because they go around and they uh, uh they uh, campaign for film industry right and they talked to the telecom they talked to other levels of government and they talked to us and they said let's have these incentives for for the industry let's do it and we did it and we're the only ones doing it and the last year we had one movie that we supported production it's called the lyricum and it's premiering tonight at the uh, cineplex mm. and we will have a press conference about it we actually we provided 300,000 km through incentive mm. you know I don't know if the film is good or not mm. we helped uh, we helped the jobs that, yeah. that created the film yeah. and uh, this year we're going with uh, 2 million km and this is a big amount and this is exactly what we promised to the film festival that we would start as a government so that uh, the whole sector starts you know pushing up with yeah. the with the domestic product so I think aside from actually helping the giving the grant to the project uh, and giving grants to films as a, a cultural projects this uh, does, uh, sector incentive I think it's key for for uh, people to realize okay now I have a job in the industry mm. it's not just you know uh, culture is not a burden on the budget it's investment you know like you give you give uh, incentives for uh, uh, agriculture well, we you know help us we want to grow as well so this yeah. is this is something where I'm trying to work on shifting the uh, shifting the public awareness of that this is really necessary yeah yeah the economically it has, it has economic positive feedback narrative well. behind you know people watching movies mm. you know it's not just people watching movies for a week and having a couple of Hollywood people come in mm. it's the whole uh, year of hard work of uh, production of local uh, product and uh, helping you know people who are uh, entrepreneurs in the cultural sector think that they have a chance here they don't have to go to you know Belgrade Zagreb or uh, or or London or whoever yeah. you know wherever people go they can stay here yeah you can stay here and try it what about your own taste in film are you what, what's your what stuff do you like like to watch well growing up I uh, because you know, in, I grew up in the socialist Yugoslavia, right. and we had only two channels, and you you watch whatever is there. Right. 
so I'll, you know, I'm really happy when there's a Hollywood movie and I know the intro, you know, mm. Metro Goldwyn Mayer. Oh, you know, you know, 20th century, you know when the the Hollywood movie is coming. Sure. You have a better chance as a kid of enjoying. But you know, I watched everything else. You know, the where it turned out would later turn uh, out to be, you know, some art projects from Italy and Germany and Hungary. You know, as you grow up with stuff, and then you develop the the taste for everything. Right. But uh, but uh, I I would always love to see something that is uh, brave and creative. But uh, with uh, with an eye for commercial success, mm. I always like someone who can do both. Yeah, and uh, who, who who about in, in today's cinema? Who would you sort of look to as uh, you get excited when they've got a new film coming out? You know, I lived in New York. Right. Okay. I went once with a friend to see uh, the movie was called uh, Now I'm Blocked. Uh, the they go, uh, they go in reverse. Uh, oh, Memento. Memento. Yeah. And then later I, I, I found out, you know, who's this guy, you know, the Nolan. And his brother wrote the script. And so it was based on short story. And uh, this film stuck with me for a while. And then when he started coming with the, with the more uh, movie, he, he struck that, like with, uh, for example, with... Uh, uh, what's the, the big movie when they uh, when they go into in other people's dreams? It's Inception. Uh, Inception. Yes. Yeah. That's that's a that's a brave script. Yeah. When yeah. you go in and you for the I remember in the movie theater I remember a reaction of people for the first five ten minutes. It's like what the fuck is going on? Yeah. yeah. And uh, what's going on? And uh, the guy had the top cast. It's, it's a very expensive project. Yeah. And uh, he was commercially hugely successful. And uh, you know, I always had a taste, uh, sweet spot for these types of, of projects. Yeah. You know, yeah. not all of them turn out to be that bad. Yeah, sure. But yeah, I think Christopher Nolan is. Uh, I'm with you. He's a, he's he's an example of someone who can do both things. Yeah. Yeah. Oppenheimer and, looks looks like yeah. it's going to be very good indeed. So. Yeah. And then you know, later you found out. I found out that uh, he filmed this movie in between two Batmans. Mm. Mm. It's yeah. like I have most of the cast. We have let's do this for I mean he obviously knows what, how the whole thing functions. Yeah. 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 He's a, he, he is he's he's one of the sort of I think in years to come we'll look back and say okay those are the masterpieces. Yeah. Well, Fincher, yeah. You know, yeah. I, I, Regular usual suspects now, but in the beginning, I'm like, oh, these guys, they know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they've kind of last 10, 15 years become, as you say, the usual suspects. Yeah, um, but it's not how it started, you know. No, the Fincher was Memento was low budget. You know? Yeah, yeah. Aronofsky, you know, but I, I, I met him here, you know, and uh, he seems to be doing better with lower budgets, but. Uh, but he also can make something that goes, you know, for Oscars and awards and everything, and then have some commercial success with it as well and bring the A cast. So yeah. he's, he's, he's also, he used to be one of the, these guys. Yeah, yeah. And uh, when you've had the big guests coming to Sarajevo, um, oops, uh, uh, who was sort of, um, it's a difficult question, I guess, but who have you been sort of most thrilled to, to meet? Well, I, I, when I worked here in '99, yeah, I, I, because I studied advertising, right, in in, in, in the US, 
and I because I knew Miro and everyone. I'm like, okay, let me help you about you know you're creating ads for festivals. Sure. And I helped them there. But while I was in the in the war room with everyone else, and everyone is you know going nuts about too many things happening during the festival. Yeah. And I'm a person who is really not easy to to to. Uh, I'm, I'm always calm in right. stressful situations. Right. And then Miro's wife, who's also in the management, she says, you need to come back next year and work with some of the people who we can't please, who are always upset. Like ah, some right. people who are... Uh, there was uh, one guy who was uh, one of the selectors of the festival. And they're like, you need to work with him because everyone says he's crazy, he's too demanding. You know, I, I've become best friends with this guy. He's like... Uh, he just wants things to be good and right, well, right. he doesn't want you know. so when I came back for the festival and his some of his uh, guests were uh, uh, you know Daniel Defoe Steve Buscemi this is all in one year Mike Lee uh, Darren Aronofsky you know, everyone was here at the same time but uh, the most sincere uh, conversation I had was with uh, with uh, Mike Lee. Right. He was really just a super nice guy who wanted to know about society. Right. He wanted to go through the bubble of, of film festival when everything is perfect and wanted to know how things are when there's no festival. Right. And so he, I, it seemed genuine. His interest seemed genuine, and I really liked him. But generation-wise, I think, and you know, like the style and the, the, the Darren was really, look, he was really good. Like, yeah, yeah. He's like, let's go party, you know. And like that. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. And what about the future of the festival? Then you, I mean, you've, it, it's um, it's grown consistently. It's changed consistently. Um, is is there something that you're not doing at the moment that you'd like to do in the future? Well, this year is a key. Because year because the, there's a transition in management right you know we have a new we have the new director even though he's basically Jovan basically grew up with the festival sure. and it's not such a shock but uh, I'm I we need Miro to stick a while in, in uh, as much as possible in consulting roles so things doesn't start you know going south right uh, what they have been doing best is keeping it for the citizens mm. so you know the red carpet people go through the red carpet and go see them yeah they, we need to keep it for the citizens they the people need to be accessible during mm. the festival this is very important it has to be you know we need to keep check on the glamour and the security yeah yeah one thing i think they'll be doing this successfully and i want them to continue but you know CineLink and the co-production scene is this all the money needs to go there because uh, nothing is better than when, uh, let's say, the, yes, when the Romanian guy uh, comes here and, uh, as a young author to develop a project and he spends good time here meeting people and then four years later he wins Cannes. Uh, and he comes back with the with the movie, you know, and he's like, oh, I've been here, you know. And we've had this uh, with the award-winning uh, authors from Romania, from Turkey, from the region, who said, oh, I started in Sarajevo, and this is uh, this uh, this is not this dimension of the festival is not so public, right? But uh, it's key, and yeah. they they have to keep pushing that part, and I think the state needs to also take uh, notice. 
and we need to you know push the money into successful projects because they always bring back yeah Brilliant. Okay, that's that's wonderful. Thank you so much for, for talking to me. Really Thank good to so meet you so much. Okay, so that was my conversation with Jovan and Eden. I hope you uh, enjoyed it as, and I hope you found it informative and interesting. I'm sure uh, I'm sure you did because I, uh, I think it was. If you didn't, yeah, uh, there's, what, what can I do? There's nothing I can do for you. Um, next week, I will be at the Venice Film Festival, so uh, I'm not entirely sure if I'll have an episode lined up before then. If I don't, there'll probably be a gap. And if I uh, and if I do, um, then uh, then this message will be redundant. Um, uh, thanks ever so much to Ali Atkins for providing the music, Ali Howard for providing the art, and a thanks to you, dear listener, uh, for continuing to listen to this um, uh, to this uh, podcast. Um, so for until next time, take care. you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.